What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hoopball Sixers. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and let's jump right into some news. So, uh, unsurprisingly, the Sixers' biggest news right now pertains to Ben Simmons, who has finally arrived back in Philadelphia, took his COVID test during the Sixers versus Brooklyn Nets preseason game, and uh, while he has not started to practice yet or play, he's had good conversations with Doc Rivers, uh, and it seems like he might report back to the team and play in the first game of the season, which is absolutely ridiculous to say from a guy who we were about 99% sure had played his last game in a Sixers uniform. This is a very interesting dynamic. I don't know if this has ever been seen before, where a player is this adamant about leaving a team, leaves the team, goes, trains by himself, has not been with the team, has not spoken to coaches, players the entire offseason, and now is threatened with money and decides to come back. And I don't blame him. He's leaving a lot of money on the table if he leaves, but it's a crazy, crazy situation. And I'm really interested to see how the players handle it, the coaches handle it, if he helps the team. I mean, I would assume he would. He's an all-star point guard, uh, one of the best defenders in the NBA, so you can't deny his talent, but it's the situation is crazy. And I really want to see how the fans welcome him back to Wells Fargo Center. That will be the biggest test because a lot of the blame for this has went on the fans. And don't get me wrong, Philly fans, um, not always the greatest of their players, but at some point there's got to be some accountability taken by Ben because everyone else has been blamed. Doc's been blamed. Joel's been blamed for not finishing his playing style. The team hasn't built right around him. So everyone's been blamed but Ben at this point, and obviously he's got to take some blame at this point. So what does this mean for his trade value is the first question I've had because... If he's playing and he's playing well, that I feel like that gives the Sixers a lot more leverage in trades because if he's just going to sit on the bench anyway and not show up to anything, Sixers don't have that much leverage. Like We're not losing that much by giving him up, so teams will not be willing to give as much. But if he's playing for us, helping us win games, and he's still in the trade block, which he obviously will be, unless a miracle happens and he decides he loves Philly again, but what are the chances of that? So I feel like... These, these Pacers offer the Sixers weren't a fan of, the Kyrie trade. like The Sixers at some point might get something better, and I think they're still trying to hold out for Dame, and they're trying to hold out for Bradley Beal is my prediction because there's been some solid offers on the deal. They've been discussed in this podcast in uh, prior episodes, but just to go over a couple, as I mentioned, the Pacers offered Brogdon and Levert. Um, a Kyrie for Ben Swap wasn't officially offered, however... It looks pretty plausible for both sides, but the Sixers have said they're not interested. Cavs have offered a lot of picks and young pieces, like Colin Sexton, supposedly. Kings have been involved in some deals. Buddy Heald has been a name thrown around. And these trades aren't great, don't get me wrong. They're not something I would I would love to accept if Ben was willing to stay here. But when we were at the peak of Ben looking like he wasn't coming back, some of these trades I would have accepted. But hey, now here we are with... Ben most likely suiting up for game one of the season, which is against the New Orleans Pelicans, who will be without Zion Williamson with a foot injury. Um, let's talk about the start of the season real quick before I go into preseason standouts. So, first game away versus New Orleans, as I mentioned, without Zion. I think it's a game we have to capitalize on. Obviously, we're away, but New Orleans without Zion really is not that great of a team. Brandon Ingram, uh, got Valen Shunis, but... That seems like a very winnable game to start the season. Second game of the season is home versus Brooklyn, and obviously they don't have Kyrie, but 
That is a huge game for the second game of the year. Um, obviously, it won't determine that much. It's the second game of the year. Like Anything can happen after that. But it will be a good indicator to how the Sixers can hang with the best teams to start the year, whether Ben plays or not. And that will be interesting. That will be the home opener also. So we'll see Ben Simmons hopefully introduced to that home crowd. Um, hopefully, I'll be in attendance for that one. It'll be really fun. Really interesting. I'm guessing the fans would boo his introduction, but he's still a sixer, so you never know. Uh, next game is away versus OKC. Very winnable game. Um, away versus the Knicks. They're a solid team this year. You got Kemba Walker, but I still think that's a pretty winnable game. And then the fifth game is home versus Detroit. So in that five-game span, I would really expect the Sixers to win four of those games. Um, yeah, Brooklyn's great. I would expect a loss, however... It's pretty evenly matched without Kyrie um, for who knows how long. But all those other games seem very winnable. The Knicks game, Sixers always have great games with the Knicks come down to the wire most of the time. So that should be fun in Madison Square Garden. But let's jump to the preseason and some notable players, starting with backup center who started in the preseason, Andre Drummond. I was a little shaky with the signing when it happened. Drummond, the last couple of seasons, has taken a major hit in production. He looked terrible on the Lakers, and I guess for a veteran's minimum, you can't really go wrong, and it looks like the Sixers really went right, averaging 15.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 1.8 blocks in 22 minutes per game in the preseason. Drummond just looked like a beast, and the Sixers had no true point guard setting him up. They had Maxi playing in a couple games, but he was really... he was handling the ball he was running the court getting rebounds getting big and ones the free throws could use some work obviously but hey we're replacing Dwight Howard with him so what can you really ask for um all around really solid Drummond looked big he looked a little bit like his old self obviously it's the preseason obviously Joel Embiid will remain the starter but a very very good option to have barring injury just to just spell Joel a little bit and I am really happy with that signing Next player, perhaps the most notable of the preseason, was Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe, second-round pick last year for the Sixers, and he just looks like a sniper. 16.8 points a game with 1.8 steals, 24 minutes a game. But the thing that stood out was his 60% from three. Uh, he was four made per game, and he just his release looked quick. He looked like a great shooter, and I think that has earned him some minutes this season. Uh, I mentioned that the Sixers... Wings are very crowded. Probably Seth and Danny will start. Shake, Matisse, and Furkan are all in the mix. But I feel like when you need a spot-up shooter, besides Seth and Danny, and Danny outside of the corner might not even be as reliable from the wing as Isaiah Joe, at least what it looks like right now. And I would definitely give Isaiah Joe a chance to earn some minutes this year. I feel like he's done so to get a couple at the end of the rotation. Um... He looked great. Uh, moving on, Tyrese Maxey played a couple of games, averaged 13.3 points a game, shot 50% from the field, 22 minutes a game. But the thing that really stands out with Maxey is his finishing. And last year we saw it in college, we saw it in Kentucky, but the way he can finish does not matter who's at the rim. It's just absolutely incredible. He gets up there, always finds a way, get that ball in the basket, and it is just super impressive. If Ben can't go, I'm super excited to see what Maxey can do. And even if Ben's playing... I think Maxi again, has earned that backup point guard role as opposed to Shake Milton, who will definitely get minutes, but I think Maxi's the better ball handler and point guard. Um, moving on, Furkan Korkmaz, 13 points a game, led the team in minutes per game, 
And in that Brooklyn game, he looked absolutely dominant. And one thing about Furkan that really stands out to me through these last couple of years is his improvement in every single aspect, maybe aside from shooting. We know he's a pretty solid shooter. His defense has gotten a lot better. His hand's a lot more active. And his ball handling and playmaking has just went up astronomically from the player we saw when he came into the league. Um, he always looked lost with the ball when he started playing for us. And, and now he comes in and... He's running point guard minutes. It's just the preseason, but he's running them well. He's looking for his teammates. He's making nice hesitation moves, getting down the lane for some floaters. And I'm excited to see what Furt can do this year. Um, again, crowded at the wings, but hopefully Doc will find a way to get Furt a little bit into that rotation. Um, moving on, one of my favorite Sixers and just a guy who I think can bring ridiculous energy. I say every episode, but Paul Reed, 8.8 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and 1.5 blocks in 22 minutes. And um, I hate making this comparison because, obviously, it's Paul Reed. Uh, he's a fringe rotational player, but he really has the hustle of Dennis Rodman. And, and I don't want to say the hustle of Dennis Rodman, but if I had to compare him to any player I've ever seen, he is the G League Dennis Rodman. That is, that is how I'm going to put it because the way he tracks down balls, the way he hustles, gets on the floor for everything. He has more heart than anyone on the team. I would love to see Paul Reed get some minutes this year. I think the Sixers would not regret it. Um, it's between him and Niang. Uh, you can even get some backup center minutes. It doesn't matter. Get Paul Reed on the court. Let him show what he can do. Let him help the team. Bring some energy, especially when it's a close game and we need a couple plays to turn the tide. A Paul Reed block, a Paul Reed big rebound, a Paul Reed lob. Like, these things just seem to get the team hype. Everyone rallies around Paul. They all love him uh, after his MVP in the G League. Uh, he looks like a very solid piece, and I really hope he can get some minutes. But I'm saying that about everyone, and I know not everyone can get minutes. Um, talk about the other half of that backup power forward role, George Niang. Uh, he looked solid, pretty decent shooter, 8.5 points a game, 42% from three in 20 minutes a game. Um, honestly, I prefer Paul Reed if we need shooting. In a certain game, I really think it depends on the matchup because we need size. We need a good defender. We put in Paul. Need a solid shooter. Maybe their power forward's a little smaller, or you know, like a Bogdanovich type, where a lot more of a stretch, less a uh, playing inside. And then I feel like Niang can be useful. I think the Sixers rotation is going to base a lot on matchups. Um, they have realistically like ten or eleven guys that can play meaningful minutes with the starters of. Simmons, Seth, Danny, Toby, Joel, Maxi, Shake, Matisse, Drummond is already nine. Uh, Niang and Furk, and then Isaiah, Joe, Paul, Reed. That's that's a lot of guys that can uh, provide meaningful minutes. And I think the Sixers have to be smart. I don't think they go with the same team every single game. While that does build chemistry, um, I think the matchups are going to be super important, and all those guys should see the court at least sometimes. Obviously, you can't really run an eleven or twelve man rotation super effectively when you have guys like Joel Embiid who need their their minutes. Tobias Harris needs his. Obviously, you're not going to take Seth out for that long. But continuing with the preseason, um, yeah, like all those guys look like they can provide a positive impact. Um, we saw Jaden Springer play a couple of games. He looked okay. Um, not super excited about that. He's young, obviously, but I don't think he's going to see the court much this year. Uh, kind of was just filling space out there. And a couple of notes I picked up, um, as I mentioned, one thing about Andre Drummond that really stood out to me, though, was his speed and ability to get back on defense. And we've seen in past seasons Drummond's looked a little lazy, but in Philly, I don't know if it's uh, Doc Rivers, I don't know if it's him trying to revitalize his career, but in the preseason, 
he was all over the place. He was he was getting steals, chase downs, bringing up the ball. It was just really nice to see Andre Drummond looking so comfortable out there, looking so spry. He really, really did not look like a, a big, big washed-up center that we got him on that veterans minimum for. Um, so going into my predictions for the year, um, obviously, as I mentioned, the first game is coming up this week. And it's an exciting time for every NBA team fan base, but it's an NBA season and it just gets me so excited, so can't wait to jump in. Um, I think the Sixers will finish fourth in the East. Um, the Bucks and the Nets, I think, will finish over them, even without Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden. Uh, update, still good at basketball. They're ridiculous. Um, we saw even just in that couple minutes, not couple, they played a decent amount in that preseason game versus Brooklyn, or versus the Sixers, but just saw they're so dominant and even without Kyrie that team runs so deep so many new signings Paul Millsap Marcus Aldridge still got Blake Griffin Joe Harris they have a pretty decent bench Nicholas Claxton looks solid defender he might even start a center for them but um yeah I got the Bucks defending champs in the Nets and then I got the Celtics over the Sixers and yeah that really really hurts um it's really tough to do that and as an optimistic Sixers fans I want to say that we'll be better but Tatum after playing for USA, getting coached up by Pop, talking to a lot of guys, he looks like he's in for a ridiculous year. Uh, don't be surprised if he's in the conversation for MVP. Um, Jalen Brown, obviously a great player. Robert Williams uh, has been improving every year. And that roster, Marcus Smart, that roster really just looks looks ready to finally put it all together and have a good year. So I think they might edge out the Sixers in the regular season. Uh, Sixers finish fourth. And Sixers will still, I mean... Finishing fourth is not not something to disregard. That's a pretty solid spot to finish, um, especially in the Eastern Conference, which finally has shown that it's pretty solid. Um, Miami Heat also up there. Chicago Bulls looked amazing in the preseason. Uh, they got a lot of new guys, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and that team looks like a, a really fun team to follow this year. So hopefully the Sixers, I'm not really worried about them making the playoffs when you have Joel Embiid. And, and the team around him. That seems pretty likely. But um, finishing with home court advantage in, in the first round would be would be very helpful so they can sneak into that four seed. I wouldn't even call it sneaking in. I mean, we've seen how good the Sixers are in the regular season. Um, I see Joel Embiid repeating, if not doing better than what he did last year. He's at the age where he's basically in his prime. This is his peak. Uh, if he doesn't get hurt, I could really see Joel taking home the MVP this year. Obviously, we saw Jokic take on him last year. And it seems like the trend in the NBA is shifting towards uh, big men winning MVP. Obviously, Giannis winning it twice. Uh, I would consider him a big man. So just all like the dominance of the big man, I think it continues this year. And Joel is, if not the MVP, in the final three and has an incredible year. I also think he'll finish as a defensive player of the year candidate. Obviously, an incredible defender. And some of his shine on defense last year was taken from Ben's ridiculous defensive season, but yeah, Joel can still get it done on that end. I think Matisse Thibel makes an all-defensive team this year, once again. Last year, made the second team in just about 20 minutes per game, which is ridiculous. Um, that's just unheard of. The impact he had in his minutes, I think, I really, really hope we see an uptick in Matisse Thibel minutes this year. Again, another wing coming off the bench for the Sixers, making that position just so deep. And finally, Ben Simmons, my prediction for Ben is that he will start the season, he will play for the Sixers, and he will be dealt before the trade deadline. Now, 
I know Daryl Morey will not back down. At this point, he's shown he's not backing down. He's not taking whatever trade that he can just get at the last second. He's really holding out for the trade that he likes. And I was skeptical at first, but I'm trusting the process and I'm trusting Daryl Morey because Ben's here. He's playing. I was worried that um, they don't trade Ben. He's not going to play. His trade value decreases and decreases, and we have to accept whatever deal we're left with or we get no one. And now it looks like he's playing. He can show. Uh, I would doubt he shows improvement. Um, he can show that he's still that defensive all-star, and you can play him at point forward with shooters around him, and, and he'll be a beneficial player to a young team. So I think his trade value is going to increase, and I think he'll be dealt. Man, if he could get dealt for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal, that would just be a Sixers fan's dream at this point. Throw in whoever you want. Well, let's relax not whoever you want don't throw in Joel Embiid don't throw in Tobias Harris but I'd be happy throwing in Tyrese Maxey if I'm getting Damian Lillard I think I'd be okay throwing in Matisse depending we have so many wings so that'd be okay with me but yeah overall this looks like an exciting season it's really up in the air I think that the Sixers could actually finish first in the east again you never know I also think that they could finish sixth or seventh like there's really a really wide range of things that could happen with this team and it largely falls on the shoulders of Benjamin Simmons. Um, so thanks for listening. Next time you hear from me, the Sixers season will most likely be underway. So hope you guys are excited and keep trusting the process.